podcast we've subtitled this whole series the undiscovered decade because we realized about halfway through the first year of what we're doing that we liked discovering hidden gems that had uh, been buried back in the 1990s so uh this this month december 1990 uh we found one that we feel has gotten a little uh, underrated over the last 30 years though at the time it actually did quite well I was surprised how well it did, in fact. Uh, but we also like to highlight certain actors. And so this month we are looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. So uh, that pretty much tells you the entire synopsis, the title. Uh, he's a cop who has to go undercover in kindergarten. And who worse to do it but Arnold Schwarzenegger? They keep pointing out, like, there are no male kindergarten teachers. But even then, yeah, a, giant it was a different era. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I, I don't think I had a male kindergarten teacher, but like, I, I've seen I had one male I was a kid. elementary school teachers, yeah. you know, they totally yeah. exist. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just kind of funny because it's not it's, one that looked like an Austrian bodybuilder. That's for right. sure. Right. Right. I know you pointed this out to me before, Corey, but like half his movies are always like, so where are you from? Just to get rid of the accent, even though he's a San Francisco cop or like. The thing is, they don't even drop, they drop the pretense in this and he talks about Austria. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he says he's from there. So yeah. even the, the woman that's his partner starts to use an Austrian accent actually does a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her. Uh, Pamela, Reed. Pamela Reed. Yeah. Well, the, the, the setup for this is the partner was actually supposed to be the one that was the teacher going undercover. He was just, yeah, it's almost like trial and error in a way. Yeah, he, right. But then she gets like some sort of terrible food poisoning or something. And so he has to take mm -hmm. over. Which it naturally seems fine. Like he was just her backup. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's a typical comedic scenario. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, our yeah. roles were flipped. It was great. I gotta say, at the beginning oh, of this, our gender roles were flipped. That's true. I, at the beginning of this, Arnold's never looked cooler. He looks kind of cyberpunk with those sunglasses. Yeah. Five o'clock shadow. Yeah. When you first see him, he's like doing the typical like Arnold Schwarzenegger badass role. Right, knowing like knowing going into the movie, if you like back in the '90s, like you know it's a kindergarten cop, it's supposed to be a uh, you know a comedy, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. Yeah. But like uh, you you like when you initially see Schwarzenegger, like he's a typical Schwarzenegger for like that era, like because like big beefy badass dude with those trench sunglasses, coat, trench coat, Terminator. shotgun. You know, he goes on the pump action shotgun raid oh at a God. drug den. And I, like, I do love that it's set in a mall. Yeah, yeah. And like, when, we, when we get introduced to, to him, how many one-liners did he like drop in like five at minutes? At least, at least five. Yeah, at least five, pooper. Like, enough to make a soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm the body pooper. <laughs> but um, it was. I don't even need a soundboard. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, grab a ver. I was gonna say, but um, <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry, we're distracting you so much. It's okay. Um, um, I'm trying to find my background image too. So it's funny nowadays. I feel like with this kind of premise, they would have toned down the violence a lot. Yeah, probably. But the bookends are extremely violent. 
Yeah. Oh my and god. Yeah, it was thinking about that. How it would have been different if it was done today. It would have been more hokey. I mean, it feels organic. Yeah, they, they probably wouldn't have had guns in the schools. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. It's the deadliest family comedy I've ever seen. Yeah. This is yeah, this like is something that came up last year because of its 30th anniversary. They tried having a festival in Astoria, Oregon, where it was filmed, and it got canceled because they were like, "We don't want to promote guns in schools." It's like, yeah. can't we have a disclaimer at least? We'll just do that. But I mean, we're not in Oregon, so we so, were never going to see it. Oh my god, that's the best image from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kid uh, next to him is actually the uh, important plot point I was going to bring up next. Uh, the reason Pamela Reed and Schwarzenegger in Astoria is trying to look for this drug dealer's son who it, I wasn't very clear on this. Was he just wanted to get the kid away from the kid's mother? No, he just wanted the kid back so that way, like he he like had a family because like the uh, the sure. dr- like the drug dealer. Well, the villain. Yeah. Uh, he, he does, has an edible uh, complex. Uh, he he yeah. he's oh. got a weird relationship with his mother. Yeah, and like he's like clearly a psychopath. And uh, his wife, uh, his wife, but uh, ex-wife uh, married him when she was young and naive and didn't know better and then when she yeah. found out like this is a bad dude she like took her new- newborn son hightailed it yeah hightailed it and uh ran away and like he's been on the like hunt ever since he doesn't care about her but like he wants his son back right and like he put out this rumor that um she ran off with three million dollars of, of his money that's the key uh, that's what i forgot which is um which is why all these crooks and hoodlums all over the country are like hey I spotted her here. You want to go check this out? And so that's where the story goes. Because like he meets one of these uh, crooks but that spotted her. And he tells her where she is. And like he kills the guy because he doesn't want to pay him like a finder's fee. Pretty much. And I was like, yeah. No. yeah. Um, By the way, was- Penelope Ann Miller, one, one of the most, she's got like, the most sex appeal I've ever seen for an elementary school teacher. Oh, it seems so incongruous with the movie. She's like giving Arnold this come hither look the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, yes, but we're like, not talking. They, about they, like, I feel like she's got a thing for like like big burly dudes because like her yeah. ex husband was like a yeah. big burly dude. So like she sees him and like you're my type. Yeah. Ooh, the He's dad, just an even bigger version. Yes. Yeah. The dad, I'm like, I recognize him from someone, and Tristan pointed out that he was in three o'clock high. Yes, 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 he's the bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spencer showed us that in uh, cinematography class. Ridiculous. So I, I knew he was buried deep in my uh, psyche. One of the 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 one other thing I wanted to bring up about him, which is kind of a tangent, but apparently after this, they tried to mount a Genghis Khan movie starring that guy, a white guy. Yeah, like the. I mean, you know, and not the best actors. I mean, in the tradition of John Wayne, always have yeah. a white dude play. <laughs> the Conqueror, what a great movie! That's true. The nineties. Yeah. Uh, it never throughout happened. The, throughout the movie, you also see um, that guy and his mother, uh, jo- like trying to track down the kid, and it's sort of like this more sadistic version of the the those con artists from annie yes yeah, yeah. That's a good like there's absolutely these people have absolutely no redeeming qualities and like he just it it's 
very sociopathic the way that he's just like mother we need to go find my my boy yeah and then when they, uh, kill, they kill a crackhead yeah. along the way it's like i was gonna say they steal yeah, that one guy's um gift for his kid he hits him with a door and yeah. him <laughs> after offering him like Four times the amount. That like ten, a thousand dollars or something. Like four hundred, something. Like it was with that idiot. He should have just taken that. Yeah, yeah, that's like good money. Like you don't know how hard it is to find a toy. That's a man who sticks to his guns. Yeah, I guess he was looking for a Turbo Man for his kid. <laughs> that, that's that's later. That's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> that was not part of the soundboard. That was not part of something. <laughs> um. So now, I know Tristan didn't like this originally when he saw it. Oh boy, you know. Um, well, the whole thing was that one of my Christmas parties, someone, and we couldn't oh, figure yeah. out who, Jeff handed me this and insisted that we watch this during the Christmas party. Tell me Once you watched it on VHS again. Already heavily inebriated. And I drunk, very did, drunk. Did not enjoy it because I was like blacking. Uh, so we tried to watch this this time around. It was very dark and about 15, 20 minutes in, basically when they're on the plane flying to Astoria, it started to break. And okay. It was giving us like the static and everything. Yeah. Voices were warping and we tried to sit through it. It wasn't bad at first, but by the time she starts throwing up, it was getting really, really bad. Yeah. So we had to just purchase it on Amazon. Yeah, so, no, it was funny going great. Yeah, great. No, it was funny because like uh, when we were watching it on the VH or VCR, uh, we weren't sure if it was the tape or uh, or or the VCR yeah. itself. So like I had Definitely to go the tape. Yeah, I had to go digging through my um, my like box of junk that I've had like stored away, and I found some old like uh, VHS tape from when I when I had when I was a kid, um, where uh, like I used to like record like stuff. Uh, because you know you didn't have like uh, on demand back then, so like I would just like record yeah. record my favorite stories so I could Imagine. watch them over and over and over again because I was a weirdo and like a, like nothing, nothing to do. Nothing uh, so like yeah, so I plug in the tape and it's like it's a uh, tsunami from like two thousand no no not two thousand nineteen ninety nine. 1999, 2000. Yeah, 2000. There, because uh, Gundam was on there, Endless Waltz. And uh, I don't know, like the, the tape when I was playing back, it, it had that weird wavy. It was fine, finer, but it still had a waviness to it. But then again, it's been sitting in a box for like a long time. Right. Either way, we figured it out and we bought Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. CD warped VHS tapes are my aesthetic. I don't think I'd ever had a problem with a VHS before, honestly. Like, uh, I know we talked about you wearing out your Jurassic Park. I made sure it was in good condition. Oh, no, I, I never wore it out. Uh, I just watched it every day from, like, age you six. You told me to wear something. <laughs> I mean, probably my brain, because I could, probably couldn't input more da data after watching it so many times. Uh, but I don't think I'd ever had a problem where it was warping that badly. And, and when we started up the uh, movie again, it was definitely brighter. Like we, we went back to the um, face off in the warehouse and you could actually see their faces. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't even huh. realize. We thought it was supposed to be shadowy. Yeah. We, we thought it was supposed to be like more of a noir. Yeah. But no, it was just we had a really old tape that just didn't yeah. hold up. So we're starting to think the uh, 
metallic tape inside is starting to erode, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised if all these tapes aren't good anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, 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 they're, they're, there's magnetic information. So, like, mm -hmm. if it's, uh, if it's not properly stored, like, it, uh, it does get damaged. So, mm -hmm. uh, thank goodness for the digital age. Yeah. Of which there was, um, a really funny situation in this movie. I forget where it was, but there was definitely like technology they had to use. I think there was a phone booth at one point. Oh, there was, um, she had to, she wrote her address and directions on the back of something oh, to yeah, get yeah. him to come to jail. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Before GPS. And we're like, just like, like, right. Yeah, right. You had to do that back then. Yeah. I mean. We're forgetting that we were like, that we were doing this thing where we're watching movies from the 90s. Like, we, yeah. do, we just like forgot. Yeah, I love that. Because like all the other movies that we've seen, like it didn't like, you know, like. There were phone booths. Yeah, there, but like it didn't like, like uh, it didn't really click. All, all that much because like quick change had some issues because they could have solved a lot of things with a phone <laughs> so well, they wouldn't have had to use the phone booth you know yeah. but you know it's just we know about arnold with phone booths of like directions and how to get someone i saw commando uh what else is this oh you, you mentioned i didn't love this i liked it better this time but there's still a lot of unconventional things that i think don't unconventional yeah uh just illogical but i guess you have to suspend your disbelief well, for the premise did we talk yeah, about how sexy old in kindergarten yeah i feel, I feel like right has got some remedial uh um well, the one you kid know, keeps yelling that kids have boys have penises girls have vaginas like let's which that see. kid that kid needs a okay well i mean his father is a gynecologist so yeah okay First of all, did we talk about who directed this movie? Oh, right. <laughs> Ivan Reitman. Reitman of Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, the two Ghostbusters films. Uh, what else did he do right before this? You wrote it all down. He did Meatballs. Yeah. Uh, Legal Eagles. Twins, which I love. Better I think on. it's the better of the two uh, Arnold movies. Twins? Actually, of the three. Of the three Arnold movies, yes, Twins is better. Good, at least regret that. What was the other one that he did? Oh, Junior. Junior, I've never seen. Awful. Yeah. We'll get to it. Apparently, Pamela Reed uh, popped in there as well as she plays his ex-wife or uh, Dane DeVito's ex-wife in Junior. Okay. So was was this the first of the Arnold is laughing at himself series? Not Twins. Twins was before this. Twins predates before it. This. Okay. Yeah. Which is a great unless you want to count Hercules in New York, right? <laughs> Which is a great dynamic because I I love that like, you know, he's just he's in on the joke too. It's not like they just picked him at random, right? I think that's why I like Twins better because he's in incongruous spots in both of these. But I think the balance between him and Danny DeVito is really good. The one yes. thing I will say about this time around. I didn't appreciate Pamela Reed because I think the thing that threw me off well drunk the first time was the woman vomiting a lot. Don't love when I hear it. So, <laughs> you know, I was already uh, in a bad mood by the time they get to Oregon. So I didn't care about the antics of these kids pissing Arnold off. This time around didn't bother me as much. And I was able to appreciate Pamela Reed because she is like Danny DeVito, a good foil. Uh, like you said, she she picks up her accent really well in the scene where she has to pretend to be his sister. 
Um, yeah. I, I think she has good comedic timing. I'm surprised she didn't do a lot more. I know. Uh, I, know I remember this in Cadillac, awesome. man. Yeah. She's in Bean, which I don't remember her being in. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Wait, the uh, Mr. Bean movie? She's his yeah. wife. Oh, my God. Yep. Another classic. Yep. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind rewatching it because I remember loving it, but I don't remember anything about it. Uh, Peter McNichol. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's coming back to me a little bit, uh, but I don't remember her in it. I guess she's Whistler's mother. You know, a lot of it. Uh, but she she popped up in Parks and Rec as Leslie Nope's mother, so that's what I recognize this time from. Um, I gotta yeah. say, when once they get to the kindergarten setting. There are some priceless gems that happened in this movie. And you know what's good about this movie? It's not, it could easily have been scatological. It's not. I'll give you that, yeah. It could have been a lot worse. It's mostly Arnold's facial reactions, which have become memes now. Yeah. Like when he yells, shut up. Mm -hmm. My favorite, my personal favorite is when uh, the kid's eating all the lunches. He's like, you're eating all the children's lunches? Stop it! And then just drops them <laughs> like a sack of dimes. Yeah, I think I think when I was drunk, I got real pissed off at that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Like, were you the kid that ate all the other kids' lunches? No, I was just mad that he dropped a child. <laughs> you don't That's even like it. It's we funny. Happy. We watched it the nineties. Jackson dangled his son, so I think. Uh, I mean, you know, there, there's also like, you know, other like stuff like you know the famous. It's not a tuba. Yeah. Like, oh, that kid fascinated with mortality is great. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many, so many great one-liners that were perfectly isolated because, like, it was just you could tell them. What were they, Jeff? Uh, well, you know. You get the soundboard. Good morning. <laughs> I would like to just get to know you. This one's. Who's your daddy? What does it do? Yeah, I didn't remember what that was from, so I did not remember that from the first time. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I have them answered immediately. <laughs> oh, speaking of that montage, by the way, you can tell that uh, those kids were probably ad-libbing and unscripted. Yeah, um, I read one of the trivia facts. Reitman just loved that girl, Emma. Uh, oh, she was great. She, he was just like, I'll let her do whatever she wants. She's perfect. She stands up. She can stand up. I'm fine with that. And uh, she's Sarah Rose Carr. You might recognize her as the youngest child in the Beethoven movies, which Reitman produced. So, yeah. so she did a little bit more, but she didn't really become an actress after that. But she's great as a kid. Yeah, she has. Well, she Arnold tells her to sit down. She's like, okay. Her, yeah. her line deliveries are great. Yeah. Um, I gotta go in the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, I, I, what do you think of Miko Hughes? Yeah, he, he was, he's the uh, vagina kid. Uh, he ended up in Apollo 13 and uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah. He was also the voice of TJ on Recess. Yes. Huh. He's in Mercury Rising with uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, he voiced a couple things. I saw. He was like poised to be the, like, the precursor to Haley Joel Osment, I felt. Right. There were a couple kids. Like Joseph Mazzello was primed to do stuff. Macaulay Culkin lasted because of Home Alone. Uh, there we go. That's the one I Yes, yes. Shut up! 
He's always on the this. verge of a conniption, which is great. I, I feel this picture at the bottom of my soul. I will say this. His hair is perfect in this film because it bounces just a little bit when he gets angry. Yeah. Uh, he, it's, I feel like it's a little shorter all the time. I don't know if, correct me if I'm wrong, but like it's not as flat yeah. as time. And so I think- Well, at the was, beginning, he looks, his hair looks a lot greasier and gelled back. Yeah. Yeah, because he's slowly letting go throughout the movie. Sure. Yes. It's, it's, he's he's, he's, he's like falling in front of the He's children. losing his grit. I, I, I will say, though, this is like, of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, this is probably one of, if not the most wholesome. Because, like... If you discount you know, the bookends. One of, one of the best parts of the movie was the principal who... Had, oh, we should talk about Linda Hunt. Yeah, like Linda Hunt as the principal throughout the whole time. She and this other person, I guess her secretary or something, are just like you know looking in through the window to see how he's doing, and it's just total chaos at first. And then eventually, they're like, you know, he starts to get the kids in order, and then they they like him. And then there's one moment where, you know, after she finds out that he's really a cop. She says to him, you know, I don't know what kind of police officer you are, but you're a really good teacher. And I was like, that was one of those moments because he's like, he just, because obviously he had no intention of doing this at all. Like he wasn't even supposed to be the undercover one. Yeah. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Right, exactly. <laughs> this goes back to uh, what Tristan was saying about twins. They play with that height differential too as a joke, as a visual yeah. joke, but they don't um, they don't draw attention to it. There was a, a funny thing I saw. They, there were a couple of people listed as who could have played Kimball before this. One of the people was Danny DeVito, probably because of twins. He picked one of the actors from it. But I saw Bill Murray. Had, he's the same height as all the children. I like the fact that he's too tall. So I saw um, Bill Murray was a name that they bandied about. That would have been fine. I think it might have fit his comedy uh, better, but this may have been a little more sarcastic. Yeah, I would have been. I think I would have liked it more. But mm. um, they had Patrick Swayze as a choice. Oh. I feel like it would have been more wholesome then than comedic. Uh, there was one other. Guy. Oh, Jack Nicholson. He's that would have been funny. I, I feel like he would have been came off a little psychopathic. It would have been interesting. Kids. That would have been. Hey, kids, you ever dance with the devil in the pale yeah. moonlight? Yeah. I can see if they did like a high school version. Like it wasn't kindergarten cop, but it was like, you know, Jack it's like Nicholson. Dangerous Minds. Jack Lean Nicholson. You, yeah. at, like if they did a, a, you know, a play on the Dead Poet Society thing, but it was just Jack Nicholson <laughs> being angry at kids. Carpe diem, kids. Fuck Carpe it. diem. <laughs> oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> like, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> like, I gotta go potty. You ever read no. kids? <laughs> no more. Man. God damn it, I want Nothing. that movie now. Yeah. <laughs> um... Daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I did notice uh, one other trivia fact that just popped into my head. Uh, you're not allowed to handcuff anyone to a dead body in any district. It doesn't mean California could. Um, so Arnold was back, have, what yeah, could yeah, back oh, then. Yeah. That was jarringly violent. Like <laughs> He got shot point blank in the chest. Yes. 
and there was a big squib that went off. It wasn't like a bloodless shooting. We could kind Jimmy's, of see that. Jimmy's a big fan of squibs. Um, but yeah, that was a very brutal way to start the movie. Honestly, yeah. if the credits didn't have that little bit of a like crayon font, <laughs> you probably would have thought you were watching a typical Arnold. Like Commando 2 or something, yeah. Yeah, I, I can picture everyone in the theater just checking their ticket stubs like, am I in the, this is the kindergarten <laughs> the comedy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one with Why the- are we in a drug den? <laughs> We had we had different different standards for what makes a uh, family movie back then. Oh yeah. yeah. Why is Arnold shooting at junkies when he's about to go into a kindergarten classroom? <laughs> right. Oh, well, to your point at the beginning. Yes. Uh, I, I like how this you know, movie is also like a kind of a finding yourself in true meaning movie at the same time. Like mm-hmm. he didn't know he wanted to be a teacher until he had to become one. Yeah. To your I almost want to see a follow-up where he's actually a teacher. Yeah. Right. Well, there was Kindergarten Cop 2, but it wasn't the same. Oh, we'll talk I mean, about that. If it was Kindergarten Cop 2, it would just be Kindergarten Teacher, because he quit being a cop. Yeah. Right. Well, that was the thing. Maybe it was just the play on the fact that he was just a terrible cop. You know, he's doing all these illegal things and just pulling out shotguns on street corners and stuff. And he's Walking like, with his pistol. Maybe, maybe I just need to, like... Tone it down. It's like, yeah. it's like running scared yeah. when they retired to go open up that bar in Miami. That's the reason. Tone it like down, move to Oregon. Just set them right. They, they need to become kindergarten teachers. Just that. But no, to your. This is not our police credit. reform. <laughs> no, it should be. They should learn to be. Uh, like, the police should learn to be teachers. Right. But to <laughs> that way, when he's like, the like, beginning. Do a crime, it's like, go in the corner and think about what you did. Yeah. It would make sense. I mean, um but you know i thought it was funny at the beginning how he he you know you you were talking about how he was dressed and everything it looked like he literally because he had just finished total recall before this didn't he like he was fresh off total recall yeah. so it's like yeah. that that, that close escaped and just like okay became a kindergarten teacher and that's going to be like my he wasn't actually a cop he was just so wait, so I think Total Recall came out the month total before. Recall. So is he still in Total June. Recall? June. Is this a dream still? It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the. Yeah, that's why he's so unsure. Kids, get your ass to Mars. This is a simulation. <laughs> but the um. What if every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is just really the same character from Total Recall in a Everything different simulation? After. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell you what, for having wildly disparate tones throughout the movie, I think it navigated them pretty smoothly, which is kind of Ivan Reitman's forte, because obviously he did the best in Ghostbusters, where he went from horror to comedy. But he does the same thing with this, where he takes like a hard, like a hard-edged actioner, and turns it into like a very wholesome comedy, mm-hmm. without making it too juvenile. If it had been too juvenile and tipped the balance. I don't think it would have worked as well, but yeah. I think Arnold grounds it enough, and so does Ivan Reitman, so it doesn't feel like you're doing, watching two different movies. I do want to give credit to Penelope Ann Miller, too, because she, like Pamela Reed, they're good foils for him, and uh, they they keep it grounded so it's not ridiculous action. Um, there's also the one woman, Jane Brooke, uh, who is the abused wife she has the one kid they're trying to figure out for a while which kid actually is supposed to be the one they're targeting dominic they don't and they're profiling dark-haired kids yeah 
And mm -hmm. so Jane Brooke is this woman whose kid is being hit by his father. She's being hit by the father as well. So Arnold goes and beats him up. Um, there's also another Oscar nominee. We didn't mention that um, there are two Oscar nominees in this cast as um, the, the, the villain's mother uh, was nominated uh, back in, where was it, June? It's Carol Baker. She's nominated in 1956 for Baby Doll for Best Actress. It was like her screen debut. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen it, but it was neat to have one Oscar nominee. But then you have Kathy Moriarty as uh, a red ah, yes. You think she's the mother of the, the child. She's the one that left. So he kind of like hints like, so why why do you live here? That kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's weird for such a big for such a big star and somebody with that kind of marquee value, she just kind of has a walk on and they do nothing with her. Definitely a red herring though then. When I, yeah. when I was going through the cast, I'm like, they don't even give her a name. It's Sylvester. She never even comes back. She pops in like and like nods at him at one point, I think at the picnic maybe or yeah. dropping him off the kid. Uh, but like by then, you know, it's Dominic for sure. So um, but that's what I'm that's what I was trying to make as a point, like all these people ground him back in reality and, and bring him down to like figure out that he actually really wants to be a teacher. He really wanted to be with kids. He realizes because he kind of missed his own son's life. Oh, that was could have some reason every time I rewatch this, I always forget that he had a kid. Yeah, you know, because I always think it's going to get wrapped up. That you would think in a typical screenplay, it would get wrapped up with the ending would be him going to see his son, right. reconnecting with him. In that school, like it would be conveniently. Yeah, but the kid the is th his son is thirteen, so he would have been right. middle school. Right. right. Well, which is why it's good because yeah. then he's not also in the same kindergarten as the target. You know, it's it, if it was done today, it would have been too neat. So yeah. it's just part of it. And he confesses stuff to Penelope Ann Miller, who is open to him listening and helps him grow as a person. You know, that's yeah. that's my point. Yeah, so, the even good part is that um, I love how uh, they kind of go into the fact that kids have no censor. So when he says, like, I had a kid and he's like, Did you leave your kid? Parents are always leaving their kids. Dads are always leaving. It's like that one kid's being such a prick. Yeah. Well, and it's also great that like uh, this small town that he goes to to become a like to become an undercover teacher or undercover undercover cop as a teacher. Uh, there's like this surprising amount of like singles. Like singles. But the one single mom is played is uh, Heidi. The one woman that plays George's fiance in Seinfeld. Which one? Which one? She's the one that dies from licking stamps. No, uh, she's the one that either. says, "I don't have enough. I don't have makeup on." Oh, that's okay. I oh. recognize her. Didn't know why. Yeah. Okay. I love that subplot. I know. I know everyone thinks it's awful, but no, it's great. <laughs> that made me actually like Seinfeld. Because <laughs> um, I watch Susan. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um. One of the other, it could have gone very like after school special with that uh battered kid subplot, yeah. It worked out all right, though. They were, that, they... that I remember being one of the things that I didn't like. I'm like, he should be arrested, he's beating a man in public. And then, <laughs> yeah, when, when also, the come on, like, we don't do that as a kindergarten teacher, but go right back into your classroom. <laughs> so you got a vicarious thrill out of it, I know, yeah. Also, we're getting a very important character. No, not that. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
There it is. This is Close the enough. ferret. There we go. <laughs> the ferret. Oh, the ferret. I think this is the first time I was aware of ferrets. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Because my friend Brad had a ferret when we were growing up, but kindergarten cop predates that. Yeah. Uh, I do like that ferret. Uh, there's a part where he's reading a book. Uh, very well trained, does not just scramble. He's just like <laughs> checking out the desk. Yeah, meanwhile, real ferrets will go up your pant leg and all that. Right. Oh, yeah. also. Well, they use that because the uh, ferret was the one that, you know, was the per the final straw. When I was going to say, actually, he gets it on the action. Yeah. yeah the ferret, the ferret he is stops him from being killed. Right. I was worried he was going to take that ferret and shoot him. The ferret, you know. Awesome. Well, like when, when, when the ferret was like attacking the villain, like he went to go grab it, and like when it when he did that, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like he shot him. But like you you think like you know he was this close to shooting that ferret. Yeah, but like when you die, you have that like death grip as you die. Like you could have snapped its neck. <laughs> Jimmy, what? I'm sorry, I got a little dark. You know, no, the, but Arnold was this was close really in his bullet grouping from hitting the ferret. Could you imagine, like, the the left. Left. Like, alone, like, there goes the ferret. Honestly, oh, I missed it. Not only did the ferret, the ferret kind of helped him in a way, but it also got him shot. Yeah. Because yeah. right when he hooked onto his neck is when he, he discharged right into his leg. Yeah. I was yeah. like, maybe he was bluffing. He wasn't really going to shoot. The ferret almost got him killed. It's true. Well, he's a ferret. Yeah, he did, he did the best he can with no, what, ferret, like, what knowledge he was able to compute in his little ferret brain so it was like i do i bite now yeah <laughs> like i wasn't aggressive this whole movie but now i am did the ferret have a name i don't remember no it was just this is my ferret this is my ferret i brought it all the way from california yeah yeah, that was did. literally just like he, he literally he, he stowed he stowed the fare away in his bag in an airplane. Yeah, from California to Oregon. It's not a good person. Also, owning a ferret in California is illegal anyway. Apparently, yeah, probably, probably domestic. Not in Oregon, which is why he moves there. Oh yeah, that's 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 the uh, hidden. I've been looking uh, for a place to settle down with my ferret. I can't because ferrets are liquid chaos. This stage is perfect for me and my ferret, my new lover, my new boy. God. You get my old life. Why am I even playing with the sound? Now. Jimmy could just do it. Wait, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Say who's your um, daddy? Who's your daddy? Also, like it's perfect that like he's a kindergarten like teacher now because you know, I mean, yeah, sure he's Austrian, but like Austrians speak German and the Germans invented kindergarten. Kindergarten. Yeah. Ah. yeah. That's, I think, why he's perfect for this, actually. Even though I said in the beginning I didn't and, think wait, so and, when I first watched it. And is I it think, like, I think, no. In Germany, kindergartens for age four? I think they're younger. Yeah, yeah so I, like Germany's age four. He was really he, bothered by one of yeah. the kids saying he was six. No, no, I was bothered by everybody saying the kindergartners were six. I'm like, yeah. I, I, wait, I was five when I was in kindergarten. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you were five. I'm pretty five. sure you guys were five. How is it like he's got a whole classroom full of six-year-olds? Like because that kid Dominic know, was like, Oregon like behind the rest of the country. I was young for my year because we're in July, so I was always at the end of the year. So I was actually four for the entire kindergarten. I feel I'll like the, the kid that plays Dominic though. I was five because I was six in the first grade. I feel the kid like that plays the, Dominic looks like an eight-year-old. I feel like the screenwriter just threw out a number because he didn't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, well, so it's like, his only a, script. Yeah. This um, guy, um, what was his name? I wrote it down and tried to remember off the top of my head. But this guy, Murray Salem, came up with a story. So he probably just had a good idea for like the, the undercover aspect and everything. But it's and a trio of writers. Uh, yeah, the, the, the two other names, Herschel Weingrad and Timothy Harris, had worked with uh, Reitman before on Twins and had done Trading Places and Brewster's Millions. So they helped touch up Murray Salem's story. And Murray Salem still helped with the script. So Train Place is great movie. Yeah. So but, I don't know who came up with the age, but that's yeah. That's on on the note of the, I mean, it bugged me like a little bit, but like sometimes <laughs> when I sleep at night, it bugs me a lot of it. See, this is the logistics I'm talking about. The age thing, though, also comes Not into play when we talk about, um, you know, the whole reason we're doing this version of the podcast is, you know, we're going through movies that we weren't we were too young to see we we are more yeah, or less we the their same, age we were the yeah. same age as these kids i was gonna say we were the target demographic you guys us. were um yeah. so it's it's well, something I mean, that I'm like four at this point yeah i'm three at this point yeah okay Whatever. yeah i was three but like uh, i probably i probably i was five four three two right i probably didn't see this probably year yeah. descending yeah i probably uh, i probably don't I think I saw this movie when I was like four or five, maybe six. Mm. Mm. I, sh- I should have seen it as a kid, but obviously I was a drunk adult. Yeah. I'm actually surprised Which might make I don't better. remember being a six-year-old seeing this going like, they're in kindergarten and they're my age? <laughs> my first like, Arnold what? movie was Terminator 2, which tells you more Jesus. anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this, that's my first That's next movie. year. Yeah, which is also my favorite which we'll get to at the end, but maybe yeah, we'll do it off three then. It was uh, just interesting to see, like, you know, how many of the kids in this movie went on to do other things, considering a lot of them were locals that they paid 35 bucks a day to be mm-hmm. in the movie, which. Where was Jake Lloyd, damn it? What? Where was Jake Lloyd? He's right. too young still. Wait, they paid the kids $35. They paid the kids 35 bucks a day. Uh. Okay, first of all, that's really good for a kid because, yeah, like, for a yeah. kid, when I, when I was great, young, allowance was twenty dollars a week. Wow, but for a production directed yeah, by chores. Oh, for a production directed by the guy that just did Ghostbusters a few years. Yeah, earlier. the biggest comedy of all time. Yeah, thir- yeah, thirty-five bucks is just, you know, I'm sure the kids were happy, but the parents. Yeah, were no, happy. like they got to like. Well, they're okay. at their own school too, so they, yeah. they were so really. They also, like, they also child labor laws. They can't work all like, day. So much candy money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but much then, like money for like. Just I think I think stuff. the ones that had lines were actually paid, because I know that the interiors of the school were still filmed back in L.A. Uh, so like Odette Usman, who's the uh, Spanish-speaking girl, when he asks, "Who's your daddy? What does he do?" Mm. Um, she goes on to be in Cloverfield and a couple other things. Um, she was probably paid more. Uh, Miko Hughes was probably paid more, you know? Yeah, like yeah they were paid for uh, the, more, the ones that actually had names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dominic obviously is in most of the film. My daddy's um, a guy that's Right, but like the extra one. Um, How much Sylvester? Apparently, the, the kid who played Sil- Ben Diskin, the kid who played Sylvester, mm-hmm. he went on to do like a bunch of voice acting stuff. And actually, that's most cool. recently, he, he plays Gonzo in the new Muppet Babies. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is new Muppet Babies? Yeah, it started last yeah. year. Disney Plus. Yeah. I haven't watched it. <laughs> I'm right there with you. It blew my mind. It's on yeah. Disney Plus, right? 
I assume. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've wanted. I, I've been morbidly curious, but like oh. I love that show. Oh so wow! Love, like holy crap! The opening Muppet Babies in my head. Yeah. Wow, there's, there's that a brought new, back memories. There's a new like, song, like that DuckTales reboot. There's a new <clears> song. <throat> I don't want to, I don't want to break my knowledge of the song. You know, that's that's but, so weird. That like not, yeah, not gonna lie. Like this, I'm kind of, yeah, my brain just stopped working. I'm also <laughs> thinking you, about have it. Have you watched it, Jeff? At all? This Muppet Babies thing? I haven't watched it. Okay. I hear, I hear there are different babies, like uh, Skeeter isn't in it as much, because they kind of sideline Skeeter after. Ah, screw Skeeter. Nobody likes him. Skeeter was my friend. Also, there Explains. are two, two very important kids that we're forgetting about. Mm-hmm. Ivan Reitman's kids. Right. Yeah, I making out in the lounge. One of them. No, they were yeah, not... both together making out. One of them played a third game. <laughs> I know, I know. Fair enough. Wait, what? Catherine, <laughs> I was like, wait, hold up. Catherine played one of the third graders. Yeah. yeah. His the one that speaks. Jason Reitman, you know, his his Oscar nominated parent uh, was the dorky teenager making out with the girl in, in the middle of the fire. He's got he's got a role in uh, Ghostbusters 2 where he tells him, My dad says you guys are full of crap. Oh, that's uh, that's amazing. I remember that. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I liked Philly. I, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, I love Juno. So uh, there was a sequel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go into that. So there fun. was a sequel, uh, Kindergarten Cop 2, which uh, should I grab my copy real quick? If you Wait. Want. Does Wait, it Wait, people? So, because does it, do you guys know who's in it? I, no. I didn't look up the premise. I didn't know there was a yeah, you see. There was a sequel? You should have brought up a background, Jeff. What, for the second? Who, who, who do you think would uh, take the Arnold Schwarzenegger role in a sequel that came out maybe four years ago, I believe? Yeah, it was six. Damn. He's close. Oh, four years, He's close. Four years ago? Batista? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. holy shit. No, I have no idea. No, Jeff's close, though. I know. So. Who's, who's closely associated with Van Damme? See, Seagal? No. No, Universal Soldier. Batista? I don't know. Dolph Lundgren. What? Dolph Lundgren. Oh, my God. Yeah, and Bill Bellamy. Of course, because because of course. Um, so so anyway, tell I us. watch this because I do my due diligence for this show. Okay, I watched it. Um, it's terrible, but we knew that going in. There's a few scattered laughs. I actually kind of like the they do something with the premise that I think has a lot of potential. Insofar as it's one of those new age schools. That he goes to, and uh, it's very eco-friendly. Uh, the kids don't eat gluten. Um, there's I that mean, one point. I won't he's really about to eat as long as it doesn't have gluten. He's about to eat a peanut butter sandwich, and the kids start freaking out. And she's like, "You're not allowed to have tree nuts around them." <laughs> God. Um. Uh, they all they're all about spiritual healing stuff like that, and he's very. Actually, he says a few things in the movie that 
nowadays would get him canceled. Like uh, she said something about not having tree nuts. He's like, that's retarded. And he's like, oh, you don't say things like that anymore. Hmm. Um, it's like Dolph Lundgren like woke up from a cryo freeze before becoming this cop. Yeah. <laughs> um, surprisingly, uh, the the it does have action scenes bookending it, but they're not nearly as violent as they were in the original. Um. The best part of the movie, surprisingly, the chemistry between him and Bill Bellamy. Really mm-hmm. good. I'd like to see them do something else together. Is he basically the Pamela Reed of the movie? Yes. Yeah. But he has kids. So at one point, he uh, he gets a job at the school, too, so he can help them. Okay. So then there's just two undercover cops. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. So so they, they made it a buddy cop movie, too. So it's kindergarten cop yes. plus... Kindergarten cop... Two, two, because two, two kindergarten, two, two oh. bad guys. Yeah, the sequel, it, it's not nearly the gold standard that the original was. It's exactly what you would expect a movie called Kindergarten Cop to be. Oh, so what I expected in 2011. Yeah, and uh, Dolph doesn't have good chemistry with the kids. In fact, a lot of most of the kids don't have distinct personalities. And uh, there's a scene where they're being interrogated at a. Uh, there's a scene where they're being interrogated at the FBI headquarters, which is kind of like the scene in the original where he asks what their dad does. But you can tell the kids are all rehearsed and scripted. That's not nearly as funny. Hold up. So he's a Fed, not a cop. Yeah, he's an FBI agent. So this kindergarten kindergarten fed it's its own movie it shouldn't i be know a it's a misnomer i'm an actor well it's uh, just that's just misleading it's a very underpopulated uh fbi headquarters too because when it gets shut down there's a big sh- uh, shootout there's maybe three other people in there <laughs> we're all at a picnic and we're yeah. have something to do with the budget yeah so yeah what are our final thoughts on kindergarten cop i mean i infinitely quotable Oh, yeah, yeah. No, like, uh, so many people quote it on a day-to-day basis. Like, you kind of forget it came from that movie. But then, you know, you sort of don't forget. It's just weird. It's a whimsical piece of family entertainment. It's a piece of Americana that will never die. Yeah. Good. No matter how hard we try. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I will begrudgingly admit that it's fun but i think i still am not a fan of it it's it's um, it's mixed there's one up. curmudgeon on every podcast i yeah. think it's, it's, a, it's, it's the first up. time i haven't liked a movie in the in the history of the undiscovered decade yeah. um, you like quigley yes i picked quigley. and air america air america was fine uh this is a little overrated but i can see why people like it so it's not being curmudgeonly to admit that you don't love a film mm. like you do almost every time. It's a classic Shakespearean Shit. comedy. I mean, I love Arnold, so... Taming of the Austrian Shrew. Oh I, I can admit this isn't the worst one anymore. I... That. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I remember liking it when I was younger, and I think when we watched it that one fateful night, I'm still like, oh, this is that movie that all these quotes are from. <laughs> um, you know, as 
a film it's not very consistent you know with the ultra violent beginnings and endings but that also adds to the contrast and how it's just this hilarious wholesome arnold sandwich in the middle of it um but it's it's charming in its own unique way how dare you i'm just trying to piss Corey off now it's definitely i like it fine it's it's warmer qualities it i feel like this movie is uh the way like it's uh shot and the tone and like the score like just everything about it just definitely like it feels like the 90s you know who did this score so it's very funny and benign how dare you I uh, I didn't put this into the facts, but Maurice Jari, who did the score in Lawrence of Arabia, he'd won three out. <laughs> it's uh, such a sitcom score, so. Yeah, it's yeah. just like pedestrian. Uh, it's kind of funny. We keep having like these really good uh, people, like the cinematographer of uh, Dick Tracy was an Oscar winner. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. we're finding these hidden gems. So sometimes you have the best work on these films. And you don't even realize it. This is a uh, classic. What other uh, films came out this year? Um, <clears throat> uh, the first of two Gerard Depardieu movies came out this month. Uh, Cyrano de Bergerac. Not a bad yeah. movie. Which um, was later Americanized into Roxanne with Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Um. I had to watch this for foreign languages class. I remember really enjoying it. Actually. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah. Uh, for some class in high school. I don't know if it was English or French. But, but uh, very good. The Rookie with Clint Eastwood, which was one of the uh, one for them, one for me. This is the one for them after mm-hmm. White Hunter Blackheart. Mm. So there's a uh, actually kind of underappreciated buddy cop movie. With him and Charlie Sheen. It has some pretty spectacular stunts in it. Some really good car chases. Um, Havana. The uh, Robert Redford answer to uh, Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly really good. Very uh, bare bane. I had heard of this a couple of years ago. I'm curious to see it. It's really good. I think you'll like it. Actually, I think it might be my favorite movie that he's done with Sidney Pollock. Hmm. He's done like what five? Yeah, out of Africa. Um, actually, three days of the condor is pretty good. Mm. Um, the first of two Winona Ryder movies, uh, Edward Scissorhands, the oh, Timberland right. classic. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to talk about about Burton for a little bit, or well, we'll we'll get to him in a few years. Yeah, think, well, we'll get to. Get, I think Bur- Ed Bur- Burton, be... Burton's like he's great, but like you yeah. know, sometimes he's a. Uh blaspheming right now he's overrated sometimes well there's a first half of his career where he's good and then a second half of his career where he is not well this is like his imagination run wild this and beetlejuice this is this is where like edward scissorhands is kind of like where he gets his like uh yeah his aesthetic was established just gets his like gets him across to the rest of the world gothic like art deco style yeah yeah, it's uh, I think his peak because he does Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Ed. Wood. Oh, yeah, Pee Wee was first, and Pee Wee's that start like he had a rocket of a career. 
Yeah. And one yeah. good after the other. I think in that order too. But mm -hmm. that's, you know. Um, and then Batman Returns even. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I remember watching this on a snowy afternoon and it was just charming. Perfect, Perfect weather for it. Yeah. Surprisingly very bittersweet mm -hmm. ending yeah. for a movie about a guy with scissor hands. <laughs> Certainly why I uh, love Winona Ryder because uh, I had seen like Alien Resurrection was the first thing I saw her in. Really? Also, this is the last role for Vincent Price. I just missed if, her. Right? This is the last role for Vincent Price, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, um, it might be. Yeah. I don't remember, but um, one of the best Johnny Depp roles, and he doesn't have to talk. Yes. So, um, and it actually uh, established Anthony Michael Hall as a heavy. Yeah, that's after true. playing all those nerds in the John Hughes movies. Yeah, at the tables had turned. Right. Uh, did you see the Super Bowl commercial? Any of you? With Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, the sequel to Edward Scissorhands. That just How was that? No. It was fine. I mean, he looks good as Edward Scissorhands. So, yeah, it's um, Winona Ryder grown up, and she's like, my boy, he also has scissors for hands. How can he drive a car? And it's for like OnStar, so he can not have to drive, and he, he can finally feel like one of us. <laughs> That's it's cute. It was one, one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands. I used to listen to that soundtrack religiously. Sorry, the score. Oh, uh, religiously. Um, Probably one of the best Danny Elfman scores. Yeah. 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 It was. You know, it was always uh, fun for me to watch in that movie. Like when, like when, when like nothing's like particularly exciting is going on, but like he's just going around and just like just doing crazy stuff with like bushes and. Yeah, the montage. Yeah. Yeah, the montage is great gonna be a month i actually went as him for halloween one year yeah in like middle school i remember that like okay, pictures of that. myself i made i made the the hands out of i had like these these crappy like fake pleather biker gloves that i got from party city and i made cardboard scissors and i stuck them into the little holes did he I have uh, my hair and wrapped a bunch of belts around myself and i'm like game on i don't know if he had thumbs <laughs> Did, did, did he have thumbs? I mean, I don't know. he had, I think they were like, they were the actual. They were, like, or was it like, it's like this, and then like the, the, the thumbs were kind of on the side. Doing I don't remember thing. if he had also, like four fingers or three scissors, you know. It's going to be a weird thing I'm going to be thinking about for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> like, just get ready to go <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, did he have all five, like, I hope you look at us like when we finish recording. Not yeah. when <laughs> you're falling asleep. Um, look who's talking. Two came out. Like I Sequel to the smash hit. Look who's talking. Yeah. This one introduced the uh, who? Who was the? Wasn't John Travolta? No, who's the sister's voice in the second one? It was Bruce Willis in the original. I think it was Roseanne Barr. Yeah, it was. I almost said Rosie O'Donnell, so I think it's I used to mix them up because of the Rose, you know, when I was a kid. So I think, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's uh, Roseanne. Yeah, it's it's a basic rehash. Yeah. I've I've seen the original, never saw this one. No. No, you know this much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the second Winona Ryder movie that came out this month, I want to highlight because it's actually a pretty good movie. 
I know. I've never seen it. I got the Winona Ryder collection. This is the one I haven't watched still. Uh, it's called Mermaids. Mm. And uh, it's a really good starring role for Cher. And uh, it's basically, they play, um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a family of women. So it's Cher, her daughter's Winona Ryder. The other daughter is Christina Ricci. And uh, why have I not seen it yet? They're pretty much like nomads. Like they go from town to town. Um, she gets a job. Usually she gets sick of the job and then she picks up her kids and moves again. Mm -hmm. um, they go to, uh, I want to say it's Massachusetts. It's in the 1960s. And uh, she meets a uh, shoe salesman who's played by Bob Hoskins. Oh. And they start a relationship. And what a, what a pair. Yeah, right? Um, it's a really good movie. Uh, directed by Richard Benjamin, who after this would kind of go downhill. Yeah. Uh, also was the star of Westworld. Yes, the original Westworld. Yeah. Also looks so much like Adam Scott. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I remember watching Westworld. I was like, how did they clone him into Adam <laughs> Scott? <laughs> they made him a host. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a change of pace for Robin Williams. Awakenings came out. Yes. Probably Penny Marshall's best movie. Another uh, best picture nominee, correct? Uh, I would think so, right? I think it won a Screenplay Award. Oh, I forget. It was one of the few times. It was one of the few movies I remember seeing Julie Cavanaugh live mm -hmm. action. Because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's Marge Simpson. This is weird. I'm so used to not seeing her. She's the head nurse, right? Yes. Yeah. Basically, uh, Robert De Niro is a mute. And, uh, he's catatonic, is, yeah. yeah. He's catatonic. And then Robin Williams is the doctor tasked with trying to figure out what happened to him and trying to break through. Pokes him out. Yeah. So, uh, very good. It's a, it's a really good movie. I actually think this is the first movie I saw Robert De Niro in. Oh. I must have seen it right after it came out to video. Yeah. Uh, could have been my first Robin Williams, in fact. Mm. So, but I yeah. remember loving it as a kid. It holds up. Um, there was a Hamlet <clears throat> with uh, Mel Gibson as Hamlet. And I, had, I remember having to watch this when we read Hamlet. I don't know why they picked this version. It's not, obviously, it's not going to be the Kenneth Branagh version, which is the uh, unabridged one that's like over four hours long. So this, is a so this is like a truncated version. And he has his Australian accent is very prominent in this. Good. Weird because he had lost it the other movies we had seen him in but uh making this in the air america episode yeah it's kind of a it's a mediocre adaptation he's a little too old for the role uh i know we don't usually spotlight international movies but this we had to bring up because i think this was i don't think this was the actual u.s release of it but no, I think it comes out in january but technically it's in december in france Right, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, never mind. I'm thinking Green Card. The other Gerard Depardieu. No, well, we'll get to that. Because I knew you were um, going to bring it up. Kiki's Delivery Service. I don't know when it came out in America. Yeah. Um, not one of my favorite Miyazaki's. I think it's lesser. It's... Uh... No, it's, I think it's pretty good. But like, it's interesting that like um, when you see... See... I, let me know if I brought this up in this podcast. I don't remember if I have, but like, because uh, I know I brought it up a couple times. Uh, 
the interesting thing about like Miyazaki films and like in this era being released uh, in America, I don't know how it was in France, but like uh, if you watch Kiki's uh, delivery service or uh, I'm just going to go with that one, but like um, any movie around then you'll notice that um, when they're running or walking around, they're moving unusually fast for like their pace like it's a little like too smooth and like, uh it's because like uh, they deliberately sped up um sped up the film for like uh western releases because um they figured since these would be like advertised as family movies and kids would go see it um miyazaki films have a tendency to being like a little too long and taking a little too much time uh on the animation and like characters uh, emotions that like um it would cut into uh, a child's um capacity no no, no no not attention span a child's capacity to hold fluids in their bladder really yeah like they could only hold like so much for so long like uh when when it's released in america again not sure about france but like released in america they're like we kind of have to cut this down a little bit so we'll just speed it up mm -hmm. and um I only said France because of Green Card. I thought that's the movie yeah. he was bringing up, so I don't know I, if that's... No. I always thought... Yeah. I always thought... That's interesting. I don't... Like, who, who, uh, who, um, who had the uh, rights to release it in America? Disney. The, oh, it was still Disney. Disney. I don't Disney, know yeah. when it started, so, but I don't think anyone... So another fun it. thing about this movie... It's kind of like the Jackie Chan movies. Like, they would get... They would be made in the '80s, but they got released here in like the '90s after Rumble in the Bronx did so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I always thought uh, that the the speed up was because of like, you know, the difference between Western film projectors and. Oh no no the, the speed up was for uh um, was a product of um you know needing a uh, compensate for like kids bladders, but also because Miyazaki sent a wakazashi to Disney with with a letter saying no cuts. He, he was adamant, like, if you're going to release my movie abroad, you are not allowed to cut anything out. It has to be, the film has to be there in all of its entirety. And that's the, um, that's the primary reason why it was, like, uh, sped up. Because, oh, like, they yeah. weren't allowed to cut it. So they had to speed it up to compensate for children's bladders. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Not even so, it's not in 1990, honestly. So I don't know when it came out. Came out in '89 and then '98. Yeah, the dub, the dub included Phil Hartman's last voice acting performance. He's uh, the cat. Uh, he's Gigi. I've never seen it. That's the cat. Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, I didn't. I don't see it coming out even in 1990. So I don't know when or uh, or any of the other details about like. Oh, what was it trying to look? Get by now. Oh well, anyway. you guys like it though, right? Yeah, no, was, nah, nah. Oh. I mean, not a big fan. Oh right, I was looking up whether. I mean, it's really also a film cool. more directed at, like you know, it's it's girls. It's a Miyazaki movie for. Weirdly enough, it's for kids. Most Miyazaki movies I always feel are for like young adults or adults. This one's definitely aimed for kids, kind of like Ponyo. Yeah, no, it's. That's the fun thing about Miyazaki. He's definitely like it's like one or the other for like uh, his like like target audience. It's like really young kids or like you know young adults, right? Slash teenagers. 
Uh, Sometimes it's cross-generational, but I felt like yeah. this one's a little more uh, the, the only, a little the younger. Only Miyazaki film that I could think of off the top of my head that is like definitely very violent and probably not for kids is a uh, Princess Mononoke. Oh, okay. Yes. Like, this yeah. like a, so I'm seeing that apparently in August '96 Disney took over the partnership uh, to start in introducing it to American audiences. That's why this actually comes out in 98. I remember okay. coming a whole thing around then. That's why I, I guess it might not have come out here in 1990. But. It, was, it was honestly uh, insight into the show as we look on Wiki. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you know no, that was it was uh, it was listed there. So, yeah, um, it couldn't have uh, been re- because it couldn't have been released in America in 1990. Because uh, anime hadn't uh, hadn't blown up yet, Akira hadn't come out yet. Yeah, no, like uh, Akira, um, Ghost in the Shell, um, those Bakugan. movies uh, are what like made anime explode worldwide. Right, like they they were like uh, there there was like bits of uh, anime like before that, like they were like you know they they were kind of popular, but they didn't like set the trend yeah i mean it's listed here because uh, like before before uh akira and all that um you you would have like uh gotcha man g-force uh here in america um speed racer uh just... I mean... whole sloop and like and there's also like cartoons that were like made for an american audience not a japanese audience that were clearly like animated by the japanese um that I didn't realize until um, I saw them recently again, like um, the real Ghostbusters. Like when we saw it on a Saturday morning uh, cartoons on uh, that uh, whatever site it was. Um, oh yeah. Like when they opened up in the intro, I was just like, "This looks very much like a, a, a toy animation uh, studio production." And then when the credits started rolling, I saw a toy animation i'm like what the hell um what was i gonna say it is listed under uh december 1990 so i don't know yeah i don't know maybe it did come out in france <laughs> so maybe <clears throat> um a movie that just got reissued with a new cut came out uh oh, godfather shit. part three this actually was a best picture nominee yeah um i've always liked it I haven't watched the new cut though. Hmm. Um, then again, I was always one of those people that thought the first one was a little overrated. So maybe take my opinion with a grain of salt. But I always like Godfather Part Three. Sophia Coppola to... never bothered me. I know that's a sticking point for a lot of people. Um, Tristan, have you seen this yet? I, I know this was. I've only seen the first two, and I didn't like them, okay. so I didn't want to see a third one. You know? I know you were on the fence as to which version to watch. I also thought they were overrated but i watched them back to back when i was very tired when i first got to college someone was like how have you not seen godfather here's the trilogy and so i got through the first two and i was like these take forever right i get why they're good i liked al pacino's performance i liked uh diane keaton yeah i liked de niro later i liked brand you know i liked the performances but i'm like this just sits there and i've grown to appreciate them but i do think they're a little you know, when anything's in the top 10 of all time, they get a little overrated. My parents hated Citizen Kane, you know, yeah. but that's why I, I never got around to seeing the third 
Godfather. And then when this cut was coming out in December, just now, um, I was curious which one might be better. But I think it'd be better if someone watched both and told me. But right, and you know what? The people that I that I know have seen both cuts have said that the differences are negligible, except for maybe shuffling a few things around. Hmm. So and honestly, those same people were the ones that were just like, I was fine with the theatrical. Don't really know why they had to tinker with it. So. Yeah. I'm, I think I might watch the new one just to see everything. And then we right. can discuss uh, differences, you know? Yeah, so maybe for a later date. Yeah. Um, the Grifters came out, which is a Stephen Frere's uh, con artist movie with uh, John Cusack, Angelica Houston, and um, Annette Benning. I haven't seen it. I really want to see it. I've heard mixed things. It's actually produced by Martin Scorsese. This is what I wanted to do for this month, but it's hard what? to find. Yeah. Um, okay, I own it. Oh, do you? Might. Uh, the Russia I keep, House. I keep thinking I own John Cusack movies and then I can never find them. <laughs> uh, the Russia House with Sean Connery, which is basically about, um, it's based on a John Le Carre novel he plays a uh, british publisher who's approached by um, a russian defector with uh, a manuscript that might have nuclear arms secrets and the woman's played by uh, michelle pfeiffer Mm -hmm. um it's a pretty lukewarm stayed movie i watched it for the podcast and they're really not worth watching that and havana were the ones i was curious about um this first, this next one is the first time I've ever seen this. I've always meant to see it because of the cast and the director. Uh, Bonfire of the Vanities. Mm. Uh, with Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, Melanie Griffith. Um, all-star cast. Morgan Freeman plays the judge. Uh, I, can't, I haven't read the book, so I can't, I can't compare the two. But based on this viewing... This is probably the worst Tom Hanks movie I've ever seen and probably the worst performance I've ever seen him give. Wow. It is atrocious. That's unfortunate. It's stupefyingly unfunny. Well, that's why we never hear about it. Yeah. I I mean, you hear about it, but you hear it's awful. I thought maybe the reputation was exaggerated. It's not. Yeah, like compared to what he does next, you know? Oh, God. Um, And the weird thing is he did Philadelphia shortly after this three years later there is a really horribly homophobic joke in the movie that he is at the helm of which makes me think he did philadelphia maybe to atone for this there's a part in the movie where he's at a gala he's introduced to this one playwright and they're like oh he's up for the uh the tonys next year and he has aids and then tom hanks recoils away from him a joke that hasn't dated well Mm. wasn't funny in the first place yeah but it's just ironic that the same guy who recoils in horror is the one who was so courageous in portraying someone with AIDS years later yeah it's interesting but I from what I've heard the novel had his character is more unsympathetic and obviously, when you cast somebody like Tom Hanks, you can't help but have sympathy for him. So yeah, I've, I've heard it's no, just a classic that. case of miscasting on, on all fronts. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. 
you never associate Brian De Palma with light comedy. <laughs> um, other than Wise Guys, I can't think of a time he's done it successfully. Mm. And this might be his worst movie. Mm. It really is that bad. The reputation is completely earned. Mm. Um, Come See the Paradise came out. It's an Alan Parker movie set during, uh, I want to say, Vietnam, or actually it might be World War II. It's um, Dennis Quaid is a soldier and he, uh, he falls in love with a, <clears throat> a woman during the war and uh, he sponsors her to uh, come to America. It's kind of like uh, Heaven and Earth, the mm-hmm. Oliver Stone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Green Card, which uh, is uh, Peter Weir doing a romantic comedy about uh, Andy McDowell sponsoring Gerard Depardieu's uh, French composer so he can stay in the country. So they get married. Um, it sounds like it'd be more farcical than it actually is. It's actually a very wry romantic comedy. It's, it's actually pretty good. I can see why I got nominated for a lot of Golden Globes. Uh, Gerard Depardieu won the movie one. Um, it's actually surprisingly pretty good movie. Yeah. But yeah, I now think, we're... I think that was nominated for Best Picture, too. I think it was Dances with Wolves. Yes. Yeah. Green Card, Godfather Part 3... And then I forget the others. Goodfellas? It was Goodfellas. Yeah. And there's something else. Maybe Awakenings. I don't remember. They had less nominees back then. Only five. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got to the five. I just don't know what the fifth one is. But um, I'm excited to talk about Poster Boy. Yeah, you ready for this, Jeff? Yeah, let's do it. You okay with this? All right, let's share the screen. And here we go. So, uh, yeah, just take a crack at it, I guess. <laughs> Try to come okay. up with a name, a plot. Do you know who that is? Uh, I want to give him a hint here. Not yet. I want to say Richard Gere. <laughs> no. But it looks like Richard. It looks like scruffy Richard Gere. Yeah, <laughs> close enough. Do you want a hint? No. Okay, give him a hint for who it is. No. Okay. Give me a hint. I'm going to try to figure this out. Okay. Um, it's Awakenings is the fifth film. Okay, I'm gonna call it. It's Scruffy Richard Gear. We're smoking a cigarette, wearing a wearing a whaler's hat, <laughs> wearing a nice uh, nice warm black cap, a leather jacket, and he's walking away from. Uh, looks like a prison. <laughs> um, mm, actually, the is. gate is glowing, and the clouds behind him are in the shape of wings leading to me to think that this is some sort of guardian angel movie he kind of does look like richard gear yeah i know i don't know yes yeah i could see it yeah honestly the way his eyes are squinting you know maybe that's not a cigarette maybe that's a blunt and <laughs> it could be and the He's wings are tiny. just like he just got really just really like, hot he literally just walked out of prison and it's just like i'm gonna light up First Don't thing. mislead him. <laughs> but so, not a drunk film. But, but chaos. I need and to the way him. and the way that you blurred guide you down uh, the wrong path. The way that you blurred the tagline at the top, it looks like a halo. I know. Thank you. So for noticing. All right. 
He doesn't look like the Master Chief, though. All right, I think I unblur this first. So you're going to get the first... No, I think I'd give you who it is first. Wait, wait, wait. Can I give him a hint? Yeah, give him a hint who it is. Alright, it's a he's a he's a one hit wonder. Yeah, that doesn't help me at all. Yeah. He's a one hit. Okay. Was, was this his, the one hit? Hold on a second, hold on a second. Wait, was was his, this the one hit? No. No. Okay. <laughs> um the movie that he's well the movie that he's well known for. Oh wait. Has become like a travelogue movie. And in fact, they teased a Super Bowl trailer, teased a sequel that happened to not actually be a sequel. Yeah, I. That doesn't help me. I was, just okay, my, okay. My second He's guess, Australian. My second guess was going to be the dude from Tremors, but that's not him. He's um, from the Outback. Dundee? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know his no, you're right. actual name. There's Paul Hogan. Oh, Paul, Paul Hogan. Hogan. Okay, so, fine. So it's Paul Hogan. Has, yep, Paul Hogan is. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm going to give you a catchphrase at the top. Who does he think he is? I don't know. Paul Hogan is. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Hogan? Uh, uh, I'll give you this. Second. He thinks. All right. He's some dude with a God complex. Okay. Um, who just got out of prison. He's like, oh, I'm free to walk among. I can do whatever. Like, because he got. He probably literally got away with murder and it's just like, I can do anything now. Or he got out and he's going to change his life and he's going to be... He's, he's starting over. He's got a new lease on life. I'll give you the beginning. second catchphrase. I like where you're going with this. He's got a new beginning. Oh, there's another catchphrase in this? Yeah, that line at the bottom, the yellow. Oh. This, this Christmas, Christmas... The guy from Down Under... Is working for the man upstairs. <laughs> All right. So this guy is a guardian angel of some sort. Um, my guess is he. I don't know. What would you call? Died, he died in prison. What What is it called? Mm -hmm. uh, the big house. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Walking free. Uh, <laughs> based on this poster what would you call it touched by a convict um, oh <laughs> he's not quite a man he's he's a ghost <laughs> okay an yeah. a ghost I'm just gonna give you. ghost dad too. Yeah. <laughs> ghost dad too. Give <laughs> you the title. Paul Hogan is uh, ghost daddy uprising. Yeah. No. All right. There you go. Fine. Paul Hogan is almost almost an angel. An angel. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah, I got part yeah. right. I didn't notice there was barbed wire on that stuff behind him. You think he's just walking out of heaven? But uh, he is, I guess, a convict. It was, it was more yeah. the uh, the wall and the guard towers that did it for me. Yeah, I get that. Like, I don't think heaven has guard towers. I don't know. You, you don't know that. Be yeah, surprised. What are Raphael and uh, Gabriel up to? So anyway, the premise of the movie is he plays a thief who um, dies in a car accident. But before he can go through the pearly gates, God played by Charlton Heston, tells him he's got to go back down 
and start writing his wrongs. It's a Frank Capra movie with Crocodile Dundee, and it's just as bad as that sounds. His, it's very uh, treacly. His wife, Linda Kozlowski's in it, too. She's in every one of his movies. Yeah. She might not be in Lightning Jack, though. I, sure. I glanced at that just to see what it was. It's terrible. Yeah. But he's been riding this Crocodile Dundee wave his, his whole career. Yeah. Outside of that, has he had a hit? Flipper? I don't know. That's, oh, where I, that's where I first saw him. I like Flipper. So... We got flipper fans in the audience. Look at oh yeah, no, yeah. No. Favorite favorite Elijah Wood movie right here. Whoa, 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 whoa! I know, right? I got a ring wraith on. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh, hopefully, you don't get into a car accident and end up at the pearly gates and have to atone for what you just said. <laughs> what are you doing? You apologize to Tolkien right now. I, I mean, I said Elijah best Wood. Elijah Wood movie, like. Yeah. yeah. Lord of the Rings is like the best, I don't know, uh movie. Uh I don't know, there's so many good actors in there. Like I can't just be like that like that's the best Elijah. Like, like he can't hog up all the glory for he's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He's the star of them. But like it's like Frodo's a little bitch. Yeah, I mean Sam's the star. Of the yeah, movie. Sam's the hero. Sam, Sam's the hero. He has to put up with Frodo's addiction and his bullshit, and like the other crackhead, uh, Smeagol. Oh, not well, yeah, yeah Smeagol, but like you know, Go Gollum. Like, come on. Yeah, that's Sam's movie. I forget that actor's name. Uh, Sean Astin. Yeah, there we go, Sean Astin. Yeah. I thought it was, yeah, I mean, was the Neville Longbottom of the yeah. Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. All right, uh, so I guess to wrap things up, we'll uh, I'll ask you guys what your favorite Arnold movie is. Do you want to mm. do top three? Since there we gotta do three, because this guy's so prolific. And I already mentioned my favorite, so you already know. If you I'm gonna go, same. Predator, the first Terminator. Is this one, two, three, or three, two, one? Actually, okay, uh, Terminator would be number one. Then Predator, and then because I want to throw in a comedy, let's say Last Action Hero. Cool. Probably his best performance. I already knew this Midi because I knew what we were going to pick, so I'll go Terminator Two. Okay. Uh, then Twins, then uh, Predator. Nice. Not too dissimilar. In terms of comedy, it's a toss-up between Twins and Last Action Hero. But... Kindergarten Cop, Batman and Robin. Boo this man! And Sabotage. Jingle All the Way. That was my now number Now he's talking. That's my number four. Huh. For real. Batman and Robin. I legitimately like Jingle All the Way. What's wrong with you? Jesus Christ. I couldn't even... You know, I realized... You I just watched that. For the I realized that the worst. I mean, that might be the most one-linery movie of all time for Arnold. No, Fitch. Commando. Commando. He established oh, yeah. the one line. Uh, okay, Robin might be like the worst, like the worst, best, like dad puns. But like, it's Mister Freeze. 
put that cookie down. He's so good as Freeze. It's such a shame that movie's garbage. Oh yeah. I mean, if we're gonna say like, like for like it being just an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and like just ignore all the other like stuff in it, like that might it, it might hold up for the Arnold. Um, my runner-up would probably be True Lies. Hmm. That was my number six. Hmm. Number five is Aftermath. I like Aftermath a lot. I ranked them all last night. So. What do you think, Jimmy? I don't know. I feel like you guys just like named them all. Named them all. <laughs> That's why I like to go first. It's really, it's like, like I don't want to be a copycat. I didn't want to have Predator as well, but I already Predator's thought. Predator's a great movie. It's so good. Well, you know what? All right. Okay. So if I'm going to throw down my list, uh, now do somebody else's list. Like, I'm probably definitely going to have to, uh, Terminator 2 for sure. Like, I cannot not pick that movie, even though, like, you guys picked it. He did. I prefer one. And Um, we can agree. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. All right. I don't have to be like Jeff. (laughs) Uh, like, T2, um, Terminator Genesis. Well, well, hold Just pick three Terminator. Films. Yeah, Terminator <laughs> 3 was great. Terminator uh, Dark Fate. Uh, no, no, it's T2. 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 Rise of the Machines. T2. Rise of the Machines. I'm sticking with T2. The bad cameo on the Christian Bale one. Um, Hercules in New York. I've never seen that one. Red Sonia. Uh, I mean, I'd almost say Conan, but like. Hey, what's wrong with that? I don't, I don't remember it. Like, I don't remember it. I legitimately don't remember it. gotta watch it because that's one yeah. of the few I haven't seen. It's uh, really good. Conan, movies. Conan the Destroyer, right? That's the one you think of. Is that the second yeah. one? It's the second one. Yeah. James Earl Jones one. James Earl Jones in the you first one. You guys listed like all the good ones. I, do. Like, I can't like remember any other movies I see in. He's in like last action here. Running Man. Total Recall. Total Recall. Total Recall. I mean, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I can't like. The Running Man. I've seen that uh, one. That one episode of Tales from the Crypt. Red yeah. Heat. Yeah, Red Heat's underrated. Yeah. Uh, what else was in the nineties? Junior. Uh, no. Eraser's fun. Eraser's the other one I'm trying to think of. Eraser's. I haven't seen wait, the two happened? Conan movies, Junior and Eraser. That's all I have left. Wait, which, which one? What uh, what happened in Eraser again? He uh, he's in the witness protection. <clears throat> People go in the witness protection program, and he uh, he erases their memory or erases their identity. Is what it means. That's cool. Oh, okay. Um, uh, if it was erase the memories, I was like, so no, like, there is, it's not paycheck. I'm not like, thinking of something else. Like they rehashed Total Recall with that. Like what? Uh, collateral. End of days. Wait, are we only limited to day. like? Are we only limited to '90s Schwarzeneggers? No, 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 no. I almost did Aftermath in my top three, honestly. Uh, and oh, Maggie. Wait, Maggie's what's Maggie's uh, good. what's the uh, what's the Schwarzenegger movie where like uh, I think he's a cop, but like he has to fight the devil. Uh, oh, in the days. Yeah, in the days. Yeah, I I, 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 dug, I dug that one. That one it's was good. Bad. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw that one in there. We can all agree the worst is the sixth day. Honestly, no. I can kind of say that. Thank you. If it's finally below Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, wait a minute. Total Recall. Who said Total Recall? Yeah, we all said that. Yeah. We just named his entire filmography. We I mean, them. they're all great. All of them. Yeah. I also, love them. my favorites. When he was governor. You legitimately like Batman and Robin, though? What? You yeah, give us your real top three, not that 
No, I do. I do like Batman and Robin. Oh wait, did I finish mine? No, you don't. Okay, so with... like I said, T two. End of days. That was what kicked yeah. off my my Jim Carrey fanboyism. That's Batman Forever. Yeah. No, well, wait. You know what? Yeah. You That's know what? Poison Ivy's in Batman. Guys, guys, not gonna lie, not gonna lie. Uh, fuck Commando. I'm going with the Predator. Okay, good. We're reason, reason, reason. Listen, I'm gonna reason because Arnold Schwarzenegger's character shit talk Green Berets. My father's a Green Beret, so fuck that movie. <laughs> hey, come on. He eats those pussies for breakfast. Oh my god. Oh wait, he's not the one that said that actually. Wait, who was it? The other character. Oh, the other character? It was Bill Duke said that. Well, fuck that guy. Jesus. And he's right. actually in Predator. He's like, in Predator. Or, or, or rather, fuck, it, fuck the guy that wrote that line. <laughs> I think that was Stephen E. D'Souza. Yeah, that makes sense. So fuck him anyway. He fucked himself by doing Street Fighter the movie. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get rid of Jingle all the way and switch it with Junior. No. Wrong. No. This is a farce. <laughs> a good one this out. Farce. I'm going down. <laughs> This this he order in the court. He's in Batman and Robin. Mistrial. Get him out of here. <laughs> it's Listen, not a tumor, though. Of those three, Batman and Robin was the only one where he took himself seriously. Yeah. And <laughs> no, we get, I don't know. Victor Freeze is still one of the best fictional characters of all time. Not his version. You know what? You I actually agree with you on that. Trip. I'm going with Ice Gun. All right. All right, fine. He's the best part of the movie. When we get to Tobey Maguire, I know Tristan's gonna say Spider-Man Three, so we might as well just throw this in there now. It's the best Spider-Man film. I knew he was gonna say that. <laughs> Batman Forever is my favorite. Of I the mean, you know, like in, Batman in retro, in re- I saw it first. Like in retrospect, Spider-Man Three is very meme-worthy. Meme work. Like Tristan might have been onto something when he enjoyed it so good beyond all reason back then. So like he 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 was ahead of the game when he was like the, the meme worthiness of it before me. Like strawberries. Thing. Yeah. James Franco knew what he was doing. Anyway. He's the key to that thing. Like and also like not like not for nothing, like him him being spliced into scenes in Star Wars. Oh, there's a new meme. Like it's gold. Yeah. Like instead of Anakin All right. uh, Skywalker being there, it's him. Instead of Anakin, like anyway. Padme, so, it's him. wait, he's gotta play the soundboard one last time to play yeah. the soundboard. Yeah, get us get us out of here, Jeff. Oh god, hang on. Did you close it? Get in the chopper. I had Those are my cookies. Come on. Oh, excuse me. I forgot to tell you. This is my ferret. I'd like to just get out. Don't worry. I'll call you back. Oh, this is the only film he ever says, I'm back in. Yeah. He says, I'm back. No. He always promises. He says it in Terminator. Oh, yeah, no, true. What's up, guys? Oh well, okay. I'm the body pooper. And just to formally uh, close things off. This wait, wait, no, hey, hang on. Oh. So what else okay. got time for? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so, 
So to formally uh, close things off, this was our uh, last film of 1990. And I hope you enjoyed the ride with us. I think our first year went pretty well. Uh, we're going to try and continue to ramp things up towards 1991. And uh, hopefully by October, November, we'll be on the 30th anniversary of everything. So that's, that's the uh, ideal plan going forward. But for now, we'll see you every few weeks. And uh, we're going to have a best of up next. So look in April for that. And we'll just discuss what our favorite stuff was from the past 12 episodes and any other films we thought could have uh, deserved undiscovered decade coverage. So uh, we'll see you next time. Got some fun things in the works, folks. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe uh, in our YouTube channel and our Spotify and iTunes and everything. So uh, thanks again. Stay cool. Bird boy. Bird.